What's going on, everybody? It's Dan and Trey with the Fastest 40 here. We have a special guest joining us from Niners Nation, Brian Rennick, co-host of the No Huddle podcast on the Odyssey Sports app. You can listen to that wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple, the whole deal. Also, one of the editors over at the 49ers Web Zone. Make sure you check them out on Twitter as well. Brian, thank you so much for sharing some time with us and coming on the show. Awesome. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. No, absolutely. It's it's a it's a pleasure to get the the perspective from the other side of the aisle. And I think that's a lot of the of what we're gonna, sure. you know, gonna talk through today. Um, <clears throat> you know, Niners, first and foremost, have had an incredible season. Uh the way you guys have played through the NFC, <laughs> you guys have made it look like a hot knife through butter, uh, <laughs> kind of up to this point. So hats off to you guys, you know, getting back into this game and Definitely excited to see what this rematch has in store for us. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I would almost argue that uh, the last two games have been some of the worst for the 49ers, even though they occurred in the NFC Championship game in the divisional round. Uh, but with that being said, they did beat every single uh, NFC playoff team this year, whether it be in the regular season or the playoffs. Uh, so, again, something to hang their hat on. And and then outside of uh, outside of those 20 uh, 20, well, 2020, 2021 Super Bowl Chiefs. Uh, they are now the second team to be favored in every game that they played during the uh, during the season, as long as that oh, wow. uh, that Vegas line holds up right now. Yeah, we'll wow, see. Know that. <clears throat> we'll see how that shakes out. I feel like the public is riding the Chiefs pretty hard going into this, and maybe it's because they're giving my home points again, but. <laughs> Hey, when you've got when you've got arguably the the you know I you could say right now the the second right second best quarterback. I mean, it's hard for me to say. I still think that belongs to Joe Montana. Uh, but I hey, agree. you know what? If uh, if Patrick Mahomes wins this one and he's three and one in Super Bowls and he's been uh, in an AFC Championship game every year that he's been a starter, it's hard to argue that uh, he doesn't fall into that number two status. And then it's just about chasing. The GOAT, who is Tom Brady. Everyone's chasing him, man. That's right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So we'll we'll hey, jump Brian. into some questions here. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, yeah. Trey. No, no, no. Get it, man. Let's get after it. <laughs> yeah, so I was just thinking, you know, everything we've seen from the media so far, uh, we've seen a couple of Niners players come up to the podium, talk about, you know, holding or uh, with, with York kind of coming in and saying the same deal. What has been your yeah. thoughts on the discourse kind of going into this game? Um, you know, <laughs> it's funny um, that I know as a, as a 49er fan and, and a content creator, you know, that was one of the the biggest gripes when it comes to that, uh, that Super Bowl in 2020, Super Bowl 54, uh, 49ers mm -hmm. felt like there was a, a lot of holding that wasn't called against Nick Bosa. Um, and then, you know, I, I think that's also just Bosa knowing Jawan Taylor and knowing Jawan Taylor's game and, and Jawan Taylor does hold a lot. You know, he was the, I believe the, the most flagged uh, tackle for holding in the NFL this season. So I don't think yep. it's necessarily uh, a secret, if you will. Um, so I think that's just kind of, you know, par for the course when it comes to, 
to line play. But, um, you know, and then I know for a lot of Chiefs fans, because I heard it on Twitter, you know, the the complaint about the practice field, which, you know, to be fair, is is something that it's not just the 49ers. The NFLPA came out today and said, yeah, that field is not up to par. And so, um, you know, it is it is what it is. Uh, you know, the the Chiefs are, are the home team because the AFC is home team and in even years and the NFC is home team and home team in odd years. So, you know, as a, as a fan, it's not necessarily feeling like, Hey, you know, the chiefs are screwing over the 49ers or whatever. It's just, you know, uh, an advantage, but uh, it seems like Kyle Shanahan and the team have kind of overcome that. If you will, you know, Kyle was asked again today, is there any, anything is like, no, you know, we, we practiced on it today. We're not changing anything. So, you know, I think it's sometimes just manufactured storylines just to get more, you know, more, content out there if you will but uh yeah yeah, no i i just think it's uh you know it it you're going into a super bowl against a team that is you know been here before done that and and with a quarterback that you know like i said if if he wins this one is is probably you know vaulted into that number two status so you know head games whatever you want to call it but uh you know in the end it it will be decided on the field and that's the most important part yeah absolutely yeah I respect that. Yeah, looking, at, looking at looking at the whole postseason too. for the Chiefs here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dan. I, I think I'm, with I'm Bosa too, this. with your uh, with your comments with with Nick Bosa, I think it is fair mm-hmm. that he said that because it is clear that we have been the most penalized team, specifically when it comes to our offensive line play. So it is it is a tough pill to swallow for Chiefs fans because we feel sure. like a lot of a lot of times, at least you know, everyone's on Twitter. <laughs> we see that that yes. is not necessarily always the case, you know, where it's like, hey, somebody's missing a call against the Chiefs. And it's like, oh, that's a weird concept for us to even grasp. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. And looking at the postseason in a whole, really, you look at the Chiefs, uh, specifically divisional and AFC, like there's been such a media buildup of the Chiefs being the villain. I think there is a little. You know, everybody's trying to build that up going to the Super Bowl, too, to try to get that same vibe going in against the Niners, right? So um, I, I expected some other things to kind of pop out and, and blow that up a little bit a little bit more. But the Niners have done a great job um, trying to deflect that stuff and, and not build up that that uh, second-headed beast that the Chiefs seem to do with the media. But uh, to jump into some of the, you know, jump into the Niners' offense, explosive mm-hmm. offense, you know, tons of weapons across the board. And uh, how do you think that offense of the Niners matches up against this defense for the Chiefs that really we just got this year where we haven't had a good defense like this in several years? Yeah, not only that, you're the youngest defense in the NFL. So, you know, you got that going for you guys as well. But, you know, if I'm being perfectly honest, when it came to the AFC championship game, um, I wanted the Chiefs to win and I wanted the Chiefs to win for a semblance of revenge, obviously as a Niner fan, right. Um, you know, the Ravens also beat the 49ers the time, you know, in, in 2012. Uh, but that was a different era. That was the Harbaugh era, right? Like it's, that's water under the bridge. This is, this is a, a a 49ers team that lost to the chiefs in the Kyle Shanahan era felt like we had that game in hand. And then, you know, it, it, it slipped away. And so there's a, there's that, that, semblance of revenge but also i feel like uh when it comes to uh, a defense the the chiefs defense their defensive weakness matches up really well with the 49ers strength which is 
running the ball. In fact, the 49ers were first in the league on zone runs on yards per carry, and the Chiefs were 31st defending zone runs. And so to me, it begins and ends with Christian McCaffrey in that run game. Uh, I hope Kyle Shanahan has kind of learned his lesson from the 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 game plan they had in against the Packers in the divisional round and then against the Lions in, in the NFC Championship game. I thought both of those game plans were a little uh, I was surprised by I was surprised by them, especially that Green Bay game plan where he came out just guns blazing, throwing the ball against a team that yeah. very much like the Chiefs struggled defending the run. The fact that he didn't run as much in that game was really surprising to me. So um, again, I think I think the biggest the the biggest advantage the 49ers have is in the run game uh, against that Chiefs defense because that Chiefs defense is really really good defending the pass. Legarius Sneed is a stud. Trent McDuffie is a stud. Um, you know, Steve Spagnuolo is arguably the 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 in my mind the, the greatest postseason defensive coordinator in history. In fact, again, if the Chiefs win this one, he'll be the first coordinator to win four Super Bowl rings uh in history so again just a guy that knows what he's doing in the postseason and his ability to disguise coverage and things like that which I know again can can I guess confuse Brock Purdy a little bit as evidenced by that that Ravens game so that was where I was like I want the Chiefs not because I don't think Patrick Mahomes can pull it off again I'm afraid of Patrick Mahomes every time he steps on the field against my team but yeah. It's more about where where are the matchups and, and where can I find an advantage? And to me, the biggest advantage is the 49ers run game versus the uh, Chiefs run defense. Yeah, I mean, Sorry. it's definitely notated that uh, that that's our defensive shortcoming, you know, and you guys have the most dynamic running back in the league at the moment. Yeah, um, has been for the last probably three, four seasons, to tell you the truth. So um Definitely going to be a key focus, I think, for the Chiefs to try and limit him as much as you can limit Christian McCaffrey, sure. yeah. if that's even a possibility. Um, but I think this is a perfect segue into the next question here, which is, you know, what is your confidence level in Brock Purdy? He's poised beyond his years, right? He's always shown yeah. that ability to stay very even keeled, very neutral in those moments. Um, but this is the biggest stage. And so I just was curious about what your confidence level was out with him in this game. Yeah, you know, honestly, uh, I think the second half of both playoff games has actually increased my confidence level uh, because the first half of both those games, he did not play very well. And I think he would be the first person to tell you that he didn't. And the fact that he was able to come out, uh, especially in that NFC Championship game, again, the the biggest stage that that he's ever played on because – Outside of that game, he played the first series against the Eagles and got injured, right? And, and he still played yeah, the rest yeah. of the game. But, I mean, he wasn't he wasn't playing. He was just handing off to Christian McCaffrey. So, you know, for him to come on the biggest stage down 17 and not blink, and not only not blink, but but be a large reason why they made that comeback, it, it just, again, to me, increased my confidence level. And then on top of that, just to see – how he has handled himself the past couple days uh, at the at, at the Super Bowl during media day on Monday and and even today, you know you can you can see there's just some guys that that they just have what it takes. Patrick Mahomes is one of them. That's again I think one of the biggest reasons why Patrick Mahomes is as good as he is is because no there's there's been no situation that's been too big for him and and that has been my biggest 
that's been what has impressed me the most with Brock Purdy since, you know, coming in in that Miami game is that there hasn't seemed to be a, a, a situation that seemed too big for him. Even in that, in that Ravens debacle on Christmas day, I don't necessarily feel like that happened because it was too big for him. It was just simply a, a bad matchup and, and he played poorly. And, you know, I don't feel like he was pressing. I don't feel like he was, you know, seeing ghosts like Sam Darnold or, or whatever you, you know, whatever you want to say, it's just a poor game and that's going to happen. You're going to get got in the NFL. Um, and it just yeah. is what it is. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm confident in Brock. Um, I know that Steve Spagnolo's defense is going to be difficult for him. Uh, but I have confidence that as long as he plays within himself, which he tends to do, um, I'm not, I'm not concerned about him. I think this is still a Christian McCaffrey game. I think if the 49ers win this, it's because of Christian McCaffrey, not Brock Purdy. But I, if Brock Purdy is needed to win, I have confidence that he can. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's been a huge conversation too. And and to, to your point on Christmas day, man, I mean, I think chiefs fans were sitting in the same boat because we played just before you guys and just got wrecked by the Raiders. Yeah. And uh, to your point, man, I mean, Guys get got, and Patrick Mahomes had a, an awful game on Christmas Day against a division opponent, against yeah. the most hated team in, in Kansas City, <laughs> and so <laughs> that was tough for us to watch. But you know, we've talked about the the rematch to the Super Bowl a little bit from um, a few years ago with, with the Niners and the Chiefs, but to kind of go into that a little bit, where Kelly mm-hmm. Shanahan is zero three against Andy Reid. You know, yeah. What kind of goes into that? How does that play into the game? You know, looking back on that game how is that a factor going into the Niners going into this game? Um, I, I think there's some demons that, that Kyle Shanahan needs to exercise when it comes to these big games. And I think to a certain extent, he, he didn't necessarily exercise them the past two playoff games. Uh, although again, coming 17 points down in the second half, that's a, that, that is, that at least is at least a step in the right direction. But yep, to yep. me, it's it's about has Kyle Shanahan kind of learned from the the mistakes that he's made in big games like this, and and I have to think that he has. And I don't necessarily think it's it's Kyle Shanahan against Andy Reid. Sometimes I think it's Kyle Shanahan against himself. And you know, sure, when yeah. when you're a guy like Kyle Shanahan, uh, and and you've been lauded your whole career for just being an offensive genius, an offensive play calling genius, right? Uh, uh, the the you know, the preeminent scheme in the NFL, right? Like you could argue that half, if not more of the NFL is, is at least incorporating some part of Kyle Shanahan's scheme in their offense. Guys like that sometimes I think can overthink it and can outthink themselves. And, you know, it was interesting. I had, uh, I had the opportunity to interview Mark Schlereth er, uh, earlier this week for the no huddle podcast. And I, I brought up kind of how confusing those game plans were against green Bay and Detroit and what he thought, you know, whether or not he thought that Kyle Shanahan, you know, would would learn from those and 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 again in this game really lean on the run game because that's his biggest advantage. And you know, he talked about Schlereth talked about uh, his uh, time with the Broncos, and I believe it was still when Mike Shanahan was there, and they had a playoff game against the Jaguars. And he talked about how that year they had Terrell Davis uh, or Terrell Davis, and um, they just were a ground and pound team. And he said that, you know, they, they did install and, and had their first practice. And then Wednesday night he was at home and, and his wife's like, what's wrong? And he's like, I, 
I think we're going to lose this game. And he said it was because <laughs> the, uh, the game plan that, that Mike Shanahan implemented had all these, like, if we're going to run the ball, but if they show us this look, we're going to check into a pass. And, and he was like, that's not who we are. Like, I don't know why we're implementing this game plan. And, and sure enough in that game, they lost because, uh, almost every time that they were going to run the ball, J the Jaguars gave them the look to check into a pass and and played right into the Jaguars defense hand. So, you know, sometimes the best can outthink themselves. And, and it's just my hope that that Kyle Shanahan doesn't, because, you know, I do think that this is a really, really evenly matched. Uh, uh, I was going to say evenly matched matchup which just sounds lame, but yeah, they're very evenly matched. But the interesting thing to me is I feel like it, the script has kind of flipped a little bit where the 49ers come in with the really dangerous offense and the chiefs come in with the really dangerous defense. Whereas oh, yeah. in 2020, yeah. it was the other way around. And so, right. You know, that year, the, the, the team with the more dynamic offense won, and, and hopefully that's the case again this season. <laughs> No, I think with Kyle Shanahan, he gets a lot of comparisons to Andy Reid early in his career where he yeah. has this, you know, game-changing offensive game planner, but would just get caught up in the details at times and it would come back to bite him in in the biggest games on the biggest stages. If you remember with the Eagles, he was 1 and 4 in an NFC yeah. Championship games and then ultimately lost that Super Bowl to the Patriots. So I see a lot of similarities between Shanahan and Reed and, and what they've done from an offensive standpoint and how they coach the game and how they approach things. I think their players would run through a wall for either of those guys. And, and oh, you just sure. can see the parallels between those two. I do have a question about your defense, right? Yeah. So many big name players on that side of the ball for the Niners, but noticeably Hafunga is not going to be on the field for you guys mm -hmm. having torn his ACL back in November. How big of a loss is he knowing that he would likely be getting a lot of the looks against Kelsey and, and knowing that that's the focal point for the Chiefs offense? How do you think the Niners are going to overcome that? Yeah, you know, Hafunga was a big loss because very much like Brock Purdy, he's a bit of a football savant. And Tayshawn Gibson, who, you know, is, I believe he's 32 now. He came in as a, as just a, a veteran in camp last year, ended up making the squad because uh, of, of injuries and then ended up starting uh, when Jimmy Ward went down and, and never lost that job. But one thing that he talked about with Hufunga was last year, uh, which was Hufunga's uh, second year. Um, uh, but he, oftentimes would be telling Gibson like, Oh, Hey, here's where you need to go. Or here's the play call. This is what you're looking for. Like just his knowledge of the defense was so impressive. And, and so I think they missed that on the back end, a, a guy who understands the defense inside and out. Uh, but I, I also don't think Hufunga would have been the answer to Travis Kelsey because as good as Hufunga is his, his uh, to me, the strength of his game is, is in run support. Uh, his coverage mm -hmm. skills are decent, but, you know, I think Kelsey would probably get the better of him. And so I, I also just don't think there's really any stopping Travis Kelsey. I think you can try and slow him down, but um, you know, yeah. when the, when the lights are brightest, that guy just seems to show up and show out. So um, I don't know that again, Hufunga would be, would be necessarily uh, a key in stopping Kelsey. Um, but I think the key in stopping Kelsey is just making sure that that they are uh, sound in their tackling, which they haven't been the past couple games. So to me, that's a, a, a definitely a big key to uh, slowing down this this Chiefs offense, which isn't as explosive, but it's efficient 
and it is very good at, at kind of grinding you down and, and, and getting conversions. And they might not have the flashiness of the Tyreek Hill chiefs, but uh, they can, they, they can really own the clock and, and kind of, it's almost similar to what the 49ers were in 2019, right? Where they just want to just bleed the clock on you and and yeah. and just give you as few possessions as possible. To me, the Chiefs are that team now versus the 49ers who do rely a little bit more on explosive plays. And so, again, part of the chess match of, of Sunday. Yeah, and really that Chiefs offense just started that with like, the last, I mean, and honestly, this or last month, right? So, mm -hmm. I mean, the Chiefs offense struggled all year, as you know. I mean, that was the yeah. main focal point for ESPN. Whoever's talking football was talking about how bad the Chiefs offense was, <laughs> right? So, yeah, um, you know, we just turned the corner, and it, it was, I mean, honestly, it was, it was uh, tough to watch there for for several weeks, as we've seen in the last five years. You know, that offense has been dominant. So, um, yeah, flip the script here, but. You know, Brian, if you had to pick somebody from the Niners, you know, offense, defense, special teams, whoever may, may be, coaching staff even, if you mm -hmm. had to pick an X factor for you guys to win the game, this person has to execute at 100%. Who's that person going to be? Um, I'm going to say Colton McKivitz, our right tackle, who will probably see a fair amount of time against Chris Jones, who then that terrifies me. So um, if he can at least – slowed Chris Jones down um, and, and, or at best hold his own. Um, I think that will go a long way in not only uh, a victory for the 49ers, but uh, to make sure that, that Brock Purdy can operate that passing offense uh, to the best of his ability. Um, but outside of that, I, I would say that on the offensive side, you know, how does, how does McKivitz hold up in pass protection? And then on the defensive side, I'm going to go with Ambry Thomas, who, comes in uh, when the 49ers go into uh, their nickel package. Diamador Lenore, who plays outside with Charvarius Ward, former chief, on base downs. He kicks into nickel, uh, and Ambry Thomas plays on the outside. And the minute that he comes in, teams tend to pick on him. And so um, he has flashes uh, of, of brilliance, which is why he was a third-round pick for the 49ers in, in, in 2020. Um, but he's also been picked on quite a bit. And so if he can play, uh, up to his, uh, ability, then, then that would be huge for the 49ers. But, uh, to me, that's going to probably be the X factor on, on defense. Love that. So <clears throat> we'll, we'll hit you with just, uh, two more questions before we get you out of here. Appreciate sure. you taking all the time with us too yeah, tonight. Um, score prediction for the game. Where do you think this lands <laughs> Niners chiefs? And then what are your plans for the game? What do you do out there in Niners country for the Super Bowl? That's a, that's a great question. Um, as far as score prediction, I, I genuinely believe that this is probably a race to 24, um, for whichever team wins. Um, again, the, the, the chiefs have not uh, allowed more than 20 points except for three times this season. Um, the, the, I guess you would call the the through line of those three games was it came against teams that ran the ball on them uh, effectively. And that was the Packers, the um, Bills and the um, Broncos. Um, and, and the Chiefs were one and two in that game. Uh, and so, again, I, I think it's going to be lower scoring because of that. I think both teams are going to try and grind uh, the other team down. Uh, I think the Chiefs are going to lean on uh, Isaiah Pacheco a lot because, uh, again, the 49ers have 
much like the Chiefs have have kind of shown a, a, a vulnerability to the run. I'll be interested to see if if the changes that we saw uh, Steve Wilkes make in the second half, where he kicked Eric Armstead out to set the edge better um, in the second half against the Lions, which really limited their uh, their run game a lot. I'm interested to see if he if he implements that for the full game against the Chiefs or not. Um, but like I said, I think it's a race of 24, but I, I do. And I do think the 49ers have what it takes to win. Obviously as a Niner content creator, I'm going to pick my squad. You guys are probably going to pick your squad, <laughs> but I think the final score is going to be 27, 24 San Francisco. I don't think that's going to be a game winning field goal from Jake Moody. Um, I think if, if that score holds 27, 24, I think that means that the 49ers will be down 24, 20 at some point and score a touchdown and then hold on for the victory. So again, I'll say 27, 24 San Francisco. And then as far as, uh, as, as game watching goes, um, it's funny, my, my co-host on the no huddle podcast, Al Sacco, we both are, are similar in that if my team is in it, I'm, I don't want to be at a party. I don't want a bunch of people there. Like I'm, I'm locked into the game. And so, um, most, most Sundays, uh, my family and, and our, our good friends, uh, who are also Niner fans, we switch off, they'll come to our house. We'll go to their house. Uh, so they're coming over and it's just them. And it's, so it's just my buddy, Tim and I, who will be watching the game. And, and like I said, I, I just, if I'm, if my squad's in it, I don't, I I don't want any of that, any of that, uh, that noise from a party or (laughs) I don't want to be distracted by people asking me questions or whatever. I just want to be focused on the game because, uh, again, it, it is a, it is a passion of mine and, and I don't want to offend anybody by, uh, ignoring them or, or whatever. (laughs) So yeah, just leave me be, uh, I'll watch it with my buddy and, and, and we'll call it good. No, I love that. That's the hard part about being a content creator, I think, is everyone wants to get your perspective sure. on yeah. the game, which is awesome. That's why we do it, right? But right. sometimes it's like, let's reserve Try, those times. Trying to watch bit. this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. No, that's yeah, incredible. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. Well, Brian, really appreciate you taking the time to to join us and and kind of talk through everything. Well, I may not agree with your score prediction. I did love having you on and and hearing the insight into, you know, which way you think this game's going to go and and all the elements that go with it. Before you go, tell everybody where they can find you on your socials and some of the stuff you're into. Yeah, again, so uh Al Sacco and I host the 49ers Web Zone No Huddle podcast, uh, a part of the Odyssey Network. And then, uh, like you said earlier, uh, I am the uh, content editor for uh, 49ers Web Zone. And then uh, if you want to follow me, even though you're a Chiefs fan, uh, I I would appreciate it. Uh, you can <laughs> you can rag on me you can or, or I'll rag on you, depending on how the game goes. But uh, you can find me on Twitter at at B Rennick uh, 77. So B-R-E-N-I-C-K 77. Brian, appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Ray. Have a good one, guys.